Hey, I'm Doug McAllister, and this is Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. This is a weekly podcast from Journey Fellowship Church, and today joining me as my guest is Pastor Tanya Camper, and we're going to be talking today about how to hear the voice of God, plus telling stories from the last 25 years. It's hard to believe that we've been in, uh, our friendship has been going on for 25 years. That's just hard to believe, huh? It's been sweet. I know. How how many, how fast do the years flow, man? It just seems like yesterday we met. I remember the first Sunday I met you, uh, you and Curtis and the three boys, uh, Curtis, Joshua, and Daniel all came to church. We were mm-hmm. still meeting in our little aluminum cathedral. Yes, that's right. We were like maybe in a, a year in. I don't yes. remember exactly how close we were. It was a year yeah. in. Yeah, and you guys came to visit that Sunday. And I knew the first time I talked to you that, we're going to have a friendship. I just knew that. Did you feel the same thing? I knew it. Um, you really impressed me that Sunday yeah. because you greeted us. You were at the door greeting. Yeah. And you greeted us. You asked us all our names. Yeah. And we even had a conversation about our dog, my That's dog. Right. I remember. And the next week I came, you yeah. still remembered. You remembered all of our names and you remember Charlie. <laughs> Your like, dog. Okay, we're here. Yeah. How can you forget Charlie? Huh? <laughs> oh. Uh, he's been gone a long time. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Didn't Charlie go on the evacuation with us? Yes. Yeah. When we evacuated <laughs> for the hurricane. What was yes. that? Nineteen. 19- 99 or 2000? Yeah, yeah was, it was somewhere was around. That? Yeah, Charlie was still alive. Charlie was yeah. still alive. And he was a pit bull. He was a pit bull. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. sorry. He was a Rockwaller. He was a Rockwaller. He was a Rockwaller. Yeah. I know he was ferocious. Yes. Yeah. He was the, he was the gentlest <laughs> Rockwaller I've ever seen. I yeah. know. He was like a puppy. 135 pounds. Uh-huh, of love. Yes. Just pure love. My yeah. kids used to ride him. <laughs> well, we put him in the back of our truck, remember, mm-hmm. on, on the evacuation. What hurricane was that? I don't, I don't remember. even remember the hurricane, but we went to Illinois, Carbondale, Illinois. All the way to Illinois. What the heck? We drove for how long? How many hours is Carbondale away? It must be like 10 hours, huh? It's yeah, a, it's a good 10, yeah. 11. We went straight up 50, 55. Oh, Heck all, if I remember that all part. All the way through <laughs> the middle of America to Illinois. Yeah. Carbondale, Betsy at, and Wayne Sutherland's That's home. right. It was friends of yes. yours from uh, Days Gone By that were missionaries. Yeah. Pastors. Yeah, they were pastors. Yeah. And he had a ministry, like kind of yeah. like Chi Alpha. Yeah, right. Ministry on a college campus. That's right. And we yeah. stayed with them. And we stayed with them. Yeah. Yeah. That, and, that the, and Charlie pooped, came this close to pooping <laughs> on your luggage. Well, he did. <laughs> yes. In the back of the truck. We had to wa- stop and find a car wash and wash it out. Like, full of oh love, Charlie. Oh, my God. Full of love. Yeah. He was looking kind of a little greenish. He was. He was sick. It was a rough ride. <laughs> it he, really he was. He was in the back of the truck for 10 hours. He was... You know, remember stopping and getting gas along the way? Oh, my God. The gas lines were a mile. It's like we were living in the Great Depression. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Remember when we got to Carbondale, Illinois, we went to church with Betsy and them? And we went into the basement, and we did communion. Oh, we did. Remember the wine? Yeah. uh, One of our kids, I guess it was Ryan, a Christian, was old enough to take communion with us. Yes. And they, first time they ever tasted wine. Yeah, I think I think we were, it was and Ryan. we were all surprised because we just was thinking grape juice because that's what we do, right? <laughs> we had a everybody cup of does wine. grape juice. <clears throat> and it wasn't just you know one cup to pass around. Everybody got the cup of wine. It was like mm, man. I remember Ryan asking me, "Dad, what is this?" I said, "That's real wine." He said, "Oh, okay. You never had real wine before." Yeah. Oh my goodness! I then he asked me if we could be Lutheran. I said, "No, we can't be Lutheran <laughs> because he loved the wine." <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I got a little tipsy. <laughs> yeah, at church. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my God, what great memories. <clears throat> Man, <clears throat> we've been through a lot of hurricanes. <clears throat> Starting with that one. Yeah. We've been through, I mean, 25 years with the hurricanes. Yeah. And oh, my that's goodness. That's the first one we evacuated from. Yeah. Uh, Slidell from. I'm sure you evacuated before that, but that was my first time to leave Slidell for a hurricane. Yeah. yeah. That was my first time as a married couple. Really? To leave. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we have hurricanes every year, mm-hmm. and we hardly ever evacuate. You know, I think, you know, most of the country thinks that hurricane comes, everybody leaves, but we hardly ever leave yeah. for a hurricane. I'm, I'm, I can count maybe on one hand mm-hmm. the number of times that we evacuated, yeah. maybe three or four times. Right. Yeah. Right. Including this. This. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I stayed. Yeah. Hurricane <laughs> Ida. I tried to get you to leave. I yes, called you. you. Did. I said, you need to come with me. I know. I know. You should have came. And we should have. I know. I said, Ken, you shouldn't stay. You know, I just woke up that Saturday morning before the hurricane and I felt like. Something was wrong. I said, in yeah. my spirit, I was like, yeah. I, I told Rachel, I said, Rachel, we, we need to leave. And I hardly ever say we need to leave for a hurricane, but I just knew in my spirit, which, you know, turns out it was a good call. And yeah. I, I think it was the Lord. You know, of course, you stayed and God took care of you. you yeah. Know, not, not saying that it was, wasn't God speaking to you, too, but I think God gives every person, you know, the, the leading that they need yes. at the time. And I want to talk to, to you about that today, about hearing the voice of the Lord. Yeah. Well, you know, you're talking about hearing the voice of the Lord, but even like for Hurricane Katrina, that was a storm that we all evacuated for. And I remember not, you know, having that deep down um, knowing that we needed to leave for that one. And I remember us walking out the door and it was Joshua was still living at home. Right. And we said, um, I said, hey, is anybody going to pray? Yeah. And Joshua said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And he said, and if the Lord takes it away, he'll give us back our house better than what we had. Oh, my gosh. What a word. I'm like, and all I could do, me and Curtis just said, amen. What we a packed up. But you know what the what interesting thing? Word. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I did. I got my house better than it was. Wow. Like, literally, I always wanted to tear down the wall yeah. in the kitchen and open up that whole space. That's right. And I had to go through a lot. Yeah. I did a lot of well, prayer, getting in it. my closet and praying. <laughs> yeah. Like, Curtis was like, yeah. he was like, Tanya, no, we're just putting the house back together. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Jesus. I went into the prayer closet, yeah. started speaking in the spirit. <laughs> I said, I need my wall Came down, out, Lord. I asked Curtis again. He yeah. said, nope, we're putting the house back together just the way it was. And then the third, I went back into my prayer closet after doing that three times. Yeah. Curtis said one day, he says, you know, I was thinking, he says, I was thinking if we tore down this wall, we could open up that space. I said, honey, great idea. I'm glad you thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> you prayed that into existence, didn't you? Yes, yeah. It yes. Is, it's interesting how the Lord speaks to us over the years. Oh. You know, I think sometimes uh, when we say that, it may not be a clear uh you know, a clear message to people who are listening. It's not like God is talking audibly, mm-hmm. you know, to us, but there's this spiritual voice that happens in your conscience. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, you know, unless you, unless this happened to you, it just sounds crazy. Right. But when it happens to you, you understand, oh yeah, I get it. It's that, do you, that word you just used, the knowing. Yeah. I just know. I know that I know that I know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and God speaks to us. And I don't hear God speak to me every day about everything. Yeah. I do get nudgings in my spirit or, right. you know, nudgings or directions in mm-hmm. my heart. But sometimes or I just, check. yeah, or, yeah, some, or, or don't do that. Yes. You know, sometimes the spirit just uh, says that. And I think it's um, hard to explain, but I know the Bible is full of uh, people who had, 
visitations from the Lord and they heard a word from God, right. you know, and all of the prophets in the Old Testament and the apostles and the, uh, you know, the pastors in the New Testament. There's so many stories mm-hmm. about God speaking to people, you know, and I think God, by his spirit, leads all of his people. If we'll tune in mm. and listen to the voice of the Lord. My sheep know my voice. See, and they follow me. That's so true. Jesus said that my sheep know my voice. Yeah. And they will follow me. You know, do you remember the first time you heard the voice of God? Yes. Why don't you tell oh. that story? Um, I was about 11 years old. And um, I was praying one day. And I just had this epiphany. Like I wasn't going to always be beating up little boys. Yeah. That I was going to marry one. <laughs> beating up and little boys. Yeah. I, I, I knew that I could talk to God. Because my mom always had the Bible sitting open mm-hmm. on the coffee table. And my mom was just always been, my whole life, I've yeah. only known her as a woman of prayer. Right. And so I knew that I could talk to God in the same way, in the same fashion that I'm talking with you. Right. And so um, in that moment of realizing that I was going to marry one day, I stopped and I prayed. I told God everything that I wanted in a mm. husband. Wow. Having no idea and no concept of what even love was. Yeah. I remember telling him the only way I could describe love was that I wanted my husband to love me like the best thing since hot apple pie. <laughs> oh, what a great prayer. I told him the number of kids I wanted. I oh. told him even how I wanted Curtis to look. Oh, my gosh. I was very specific. So you're 11. Yeah. And you didn't know Curtis. And I did not know Curtis. Wow. At all. Wow. And you talk about not hearing the, an audible voice. Now, yeah. I've heard the audible voice of God twice. Wow. And one was that day. Yeah. And when I finished praying, I heard, I heard it was like the heavens opened and a voice came out of yeah. the sky. Yeah. And it said, Tanya Camper. And I thought, yuck, what an ugly name. Uh. <laughs> I, but I ran in and I told my mom of my experience and my encounter that I had just had with God. Yeah. And I love my mom so much today because she validated me. Mm-hmm. She didn't say, Tanya, um, we're going to take you to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> we need to put you on medication, yeah. get you the padded room. Yeah. She didn't say anything. She validated me. Mm-hmm. I ran off and I beat up another little boy. Well, good. Yeah, Back to your ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so years later, I, well, a time period had passed. Well, let me and stop I started. You there. I, I mean, I, okay. Let me just get this clear. So your name was, your maiden name was Zenon. Zenon, so yes. So you're, you're Tanya Zenon. I'm Tanya Zenon. You're 11 Zenon. years old. I'm 11 years old. And you're praying about a husband and the voice of God speaks to you and tells you your name's going to be Tanya Camper. Yes. And you didn't know a camper. And I did not know a camper. Wow. So That's pretty amazing. I, so I, um, time goes on and I start telling my mom, I said, mom, we have to move. We were living in California at the time. I said, mom, we have to move back home to Louisiana. My hmm. husband is there. Oh my gosh. And I just repeatedly kept telling my mom that hmm. when my grandmother got sick and we moved back home so my mom could care for her mother. Hmm. And still didn't, I totally had kind of like forgotten, you know, time passes, you forget. Well, I meet this guy and I met Curtis. Well, I saw Curtis Yeah. and his sister was very upset with him. How many years later is this? This is, I'm now 15, 16. So five years later. Yeah. Wow. So five years later. Yeah. So you meet Curtis at at high school? school, At high school. At high school. Yeah. And I see his sister, she's on the phone and she's very upset about something he had done. Yeah. 
and with another kid, yeah. a prank. Right. And so she was very upset. Yeah. And so he sees me in the hallway. Oh, no, let me back up a little bit. Let me not tell that story because okay. I'm going to chase a rabbit if I okay. go down that one. All right. We go, it's in November, yeah. and I go to a basketball game. It's the game between Slido High and Salmon. Okay. And the gym is packed because yeah. this is our rivalry. Right. I mean, this is the rivalry game, you know. Right. So I go in, and the game is packed. I see my friends, and there's only two seats there. Yeah. So I just want to sit down because you feel like all eyes are on you. Mm -hmm. I go and I sit down at the first seat. Yeah. It's the end seat. Curtis is sitting at right at the in the, the next position, and I sit right next to him. Oh, wow. He throws his arms around me, and he says, I'm going to marry you. Oh, my goodness. That was bold. And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> and I went up to the next seat that was a little bit higher up. Oh Never saw God. him again. Really? The semester changes yeah. in January, and every day at fifth hour, I see him. Yeah. The only time. I had never seen him the first three years of high school. Wow. Never seen him, never knew anything wow. about him. And then he starts asking me every day from January until May, wow. will I go out with him? Yeah. And every day at fifth hour, I told him no. Wow. Did you know and his name? No. Oh, you should have. I didn't even know his name. That didn't include if he had his last I name. I Curtis, but you know what? I didn't, but you know what? That's, this time, five years has passed and I've forgotten all about sure. that. Yeah, yeah. So um, one day I find out his old girlfriend wanted to get back with him and yeah. she had been telling me all these bad things about him. Like he was a bad guy yeah. and all this. And so I believed her because I thought she was my friend. Yeah. And um, so anyway, long story short, yeah. she, um, I finally said when I realized that, I said, oh, you got your chance. Yeah. And I walk away. Yeah. And then we go out on our first date. So he asked you and you <laughs> said yes. Yes. Okay. So we go out on our first date. Yeah. And three weeks later, he says, hey, he says, I'd like to give you a ring. I'm only a junior in high school. He's yeah. a senior. I yeah. said, he said, I'd like to give you a ring. And I said, give me a ring. I said, what kind of ring? Yeah. And he says, I'll give you an engagement ring if you take it. Oh, my goodness. And I said, no, nah, you better start me off with something small. Yeah. And so he says, so he gives me a promise ring. Yeah. I have lost three sets of wedding rings, yeah. but I've never lost that promise oh, ring. Oh, that's so sweet. Never lost that promise ring. You know, when we went to Africa, yeah. I told him I was taking him with me. Oh. I carried that. I put the, the ring, ring on a yes, on a necklace, and I wore it the whole time while I was there. So when did you find out his last name? So we're dating. We yeah. started dating and everything. Yeah. So he finally officially, two yeah. and a half years later, yeah. he asked me, and proposes, yeah. and I say yes. So I'm sitting at the breakfast table. I'm writing my name, Tanya Camper, Tanya yeah. Camper. No. And you remembered. I ran upstairs, and I said, Mama, I says, do you know what my name is going to be? Yeah. And like all good moms, she just plays along with me, and I'm saying my name really slow. I said, Tanya, and she's saying it with me. We're saying, Tanya Camp. We got in the middle of Camper. Our eyes got this big, oh and we just started God. screaming. Like God told me what my name when was going to be. you were 11 be. years old. Like, and he has loved me. And you know what? It, he has loved me just like I described it to like God. And you, know what, and you know what his favorite dessert is? Hot apple pie. <laughs> Does he call you hot apple pie? No. <laughs> you, see, but I am his boo. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, I heard he call you boo many yeah. times. It's just beautiful, you know, when God speaks to us in we don't see the results of it for five or 10 years. Yeah. Sometimes you even forget what God said. Yeah. You know, but you know, the word of the Lord is sure, you know, Yeah. 
you know, and um, it, it's, it's ironic that your story is like that. I have one very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 12. I know the you're first right, time yeah. I heard the voice of God, I was 12 years old. I wasn't a believer, and I didn't even, we didn't even go to church. Our family didn't even attend church, and I didn't even know the voice of God. But I was yeah. innocent. I was a 12-year-old little boy, and um, we had just moved to a new town, and I hated school. I hated yeah. the school that my mom put me in. <laughs> Uh, I missed all my friends. I didn't like, you know, the the new town we were living in. So I was sick all the time. I, I think I was faking a lot. <laughs> I think I was just sick of school. But I woke up one morning and I was really sick and I had a fever. Uh, and I told mom, I don't want go to go to school. Um, so she said, I'll take you to the doctor. And we had, uh, in the town we lived in, we had an old doctor. He must have been 65 or 70 years old, which don't seem that old right now because yes. I'm getting close Lord to that myself. Jesus. <laughs> By that time, he seemed like he's a really old man. Yeah. Uh, Mom said, I'll, I'll take you to see the doctor. So she put me in the car, and we had a Buick at the time. I was on the front seat in the passenger side, and my mom's driving, and we're, we're going uh, from our little town to where the doctor is and the next mm-hmm. town over, and we're cutting through the countryside. And... Um, we come to a stop sign, uh, and uh, I remember the name of the street. It was Macedonia uh, Road, where it met Adams Road, and mm-hmm. we came to a stop sign. And I'm sitting there, and my mom's waiting for cars to pass, and I look to the right, and I hear a voice mm. out of the blue. And the voice says, as I'm looking to the right, your wife lives right come down on, this road. Jesus. And it was so real. I don't think it was audible. I don't know. I just know I heard those words. Your yeah. wife lives right down this road. Yeah. So I turned to mom and I said, did you hear that? And she said, what are you talking about, Douglas? I said, did you hear that voice? And she said, oh, my gosh, your fever must be really high. You're hearing voices. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, mom, the voice said my wife lives down this road. And she said, baby, I think, I think your fever is high. Why don't you just lay back until I get you to the doctor? You know, but I, uh, I, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I was 11, almost 12 in that neighborhood. Uh, so fast forward four years, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd come to faith in Christ. I was going to a little church and to a youth group. Um, and our youth groups got together with another youth group in town. And we had like a combined fellowship night with a bunch of teenagers, like maybe 40 or 50 of us there that night. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first night I met Rachel. She didn't give me the time of day. She wouldn't even look at me. But when I saw her walk across the room, I said, oh, I got to meet that girl. You know, I was, I was all of 16 or 17. No, 16. So I was still in high school, 11th grade. Um, so um, there was an, another event a few weeks later, and she, we ran each other again at youth group, mm-hmm. you know. And... Uh, so I asked her if I could call her. She had to ask my mom. So I went and talked to her mom. Can I, can I call Rachel? And they gave me permission to call her. Oh, wow. And we talked like three minutes at night. That's all <laughs> they would let us talk. It was a few minutes at night. Uh, and then uh, in uh, that summer after school was out, they had a, a Fourth of July party at their pool. Mm-hmm. And she called me and said, hey, my dad said you can come over and swim and barbecue with us. So I said, okay, give me directions to your house. You know, she lived about five miles from me, and she gave me directions, and she told me what street to turn on. So I'm driving over there, and I pull up to uh, Macedonia Road where it meets Adams Road, and she said, when you get to Adams Road, take a right. So I'm sitting, when I pull up to that street, I remember it when I was 12 years old, that day I heard God's voice when he said, your wife. So I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to marry this girl. 
This is the one. This is my wife. <gasps> now, I didn't tell her that. I took and a you right. you didn't want to scare her, right? I didn't, yeah, because we were kids, you know. Uh, so I took a right. I went down where she told me, turned in, and that was her house. But from that moment on, I knew this is, and this could be, you know, what the Lord was telling me. Now, here we are 40 yeah. years and five kids and five grandkids later, we've been together our whole, our entire lives. I know. Me and Curtis, too. Our whole life. Like, isn't it funny that God spoke to us both when know, we were 11? Really weird. Yeah. And then when we were 16 I, when we found them? I know. That's really, it's just ironic, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It, we're, God likes 11-year-olds. Apparently, <laughs> he loves he loves children, you know? Yes, he called he Samuel when he was oh. a little boy. He spoke to Samuel. He sure did. Samuel huh? didn't know it was the voice of God. He, sure, he, thought, it, he thought it was his, his mother or his father. Or the priest. No, he thought it was the prophet. Yeah, he thought it was Samuel. the priest Eli, wasn't it? Eli. But Samuel thought no, Samuel. it was. Samuel thought it was, was Eli. Eli. Yes, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because oh. it was Samuel that was hearing God's voice. Right. Three and times. he had gone, he had gone to bed and yeah. he said he got up and he said, Did you call me? Right. And he said, No, and I didn't call you. No. And the third time he says, Yeah. If and he, he was did a little boy. answer because it's the Lord. He was a little boy. Yeah. And the, and, and the priest told him, If you hear it again, it's God. Say, Here God's I am. speaking to you. <sighs> Here it's I am. Wow. Isn't it amazing how one word from God can set the course? For your whole life. Yeah. For your whole life. You know, I just think about that. A 12-year-old little boy uh, in the front seat of his car, an 11-year-old little girl at in prayer in California, and how God just, uh, just one word, one word from one God word. can change everything. 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 And I think it's so important that believers uh, learn how to listen to the voice of God. Yeah. You know, because it, it won't always be that, audible voice or that life defining word but it may just be a simple direction like don't do that or right. go here instead or wait you mm -hmm. know sometimes it's just that knowing in your spirit this is not right yeah you know i gotta just wait on god you mm -hmm. know and i think the holy spirit you know who is in our spirit we're filled with the holy spirit communicates to us directly into our subconscious you know into our spirit our man, spirit right know, right into us you know, so we can just know that we know yeah. that we know this is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just amazing. You know, something happened to you just a couple of days ago yeah. that I want you to tell the story about, you know, that really, you know, a word from God probably saved your life. Yeah. So well. I want you to just tell us what happened uh, when you were making red, be red beans and rice. Yeah. I got up that morning to make to cook a pot of beans. How long ago was this? This was just last week. I, so and it was... On a Tuesday? All right, so about a, a week Tuesday. ago. It was on a Tuesday. All right, tell us the story. And so um, I got up that morning to cook some beans, and I just was just having trouble. Like, I, everything that I had, like what I normally did, I mm -hmm. just was, it was just kind of strange. And so I was just like, okay, well, I was doing a new way of cooking my beans. Yeah. And um, so I turned them off because I couldn't finish the process, the first process of it. Yeah. Um, left and went to the church. Yeah. And um, and when I got home, I thought, well, I'll just finish cooking them at that point when I get yeah, home. So this is Tuesday after so this work. Is, so this is Tuesday after you after left the work. office. You went home to finish cooking. Yeah, and I had been up since three thirty that morning. Yeah, and God had been getting me up at that time. Yeah, pretty often now. Just yeah. become a regular thing between me and Him. And we were recovering from a storm too. Y'all were doing relief work. You were staying up twenty hours a day. It was been yeah. a long, long week. So the days were long. Yeah. And we had already been two weeks into, we were into our second week after right. the storm of um, relief and recovery. Right. And I remember when I got home, I put the beans on and 
um, I went and I sat down and I thought I would read a book. Yeah. And so, because um, I was feeling like, hey, man, I'm not tired. This mm-hmm. is really crazy because I don't know what I'm running off of. Mm-hmm. My beans overflowed. Be- right. So I yeah, went. People and I- who, who are watching who don't know, cooking beans in the South oh, is yeah. an art. It's an all day event. It's an all day. If you event. do it right. You know, if you do it right, you're going to have a good pot of beans. That's They're right. going to be creamy. It may take you 12 hours. Yeah. Yes, so you're exactly. you're going through the whole Louisiana cooking red beans, and you're in the evening time. Yes. And your beans boil over. Yeah, the beans boil over because yeah. the fire was too hot, and yeah. I didn't. I guess I didn't leave enough of a crack on the lid. Right. Right. And um, so I went and I I cleaned up the mess, yeah. and I went back to the sofa yeah. and got the book and was like just kind of just with the book reading and then all of a sudden I just was like um all of a sudden I started getting sleepy hmm. and I thought this is really strange because it wasn't like a sleepy tired like right. you know you get tired and you just want to take a nap right. this was just like I just got this it was almost like a smooth silky kind of wow. like taking me into a sleep right and so I I I thought well I'm just gonna lay down and hmm. I'm just gonna we should probably insert here that after you had the coronavirus, you lost your sense well, of smell. Well, I was going to tell you that. Yes, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah, that's an important part yeah, of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. getting to that, yeah. but I wanted to kind of set gotcha. it up for, okay. for it. So I, I, I had, um, that's when she said it, yeah. I did have corona yeah. back in February. Right. And one of the things that I lost was my sense of smell. Right. So I'm laying down. I decided I'm going to lay down. But right. as I was laying down, I heard a voice say, if you go to sleep, you're not going to wake up. Oh, my gosh. And the very next moment, I heard the Lord's voice. Yeah. And he said, go check the stove. Oh, my gosh. I got cold chills. I got up and I went to check the stove. And I realized that when the pot had boiled over, yeah. it had put out the fire. Oh, my goodness. And because I could not smell, yeah. my house had filled with gas. Oh, my gosh. And the gas was putting me to sleep. Yeah. So I opened up the windows, I stood in the doorway, and, but because I didn't smell, I didn't know to, like how much gas had filled the house. Yeah. Well, Curtis walks into the door, and literally upon opening the door, he says, the gas is on. Yeah. And you could hear like he was upset in his voice. Yeah. And I thought, I know the windows are open, yeah. but the windows had been open already for about 25 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Your house was full of gas. My ga- house was full of gas. That act of obedience, mm. that when God spoke, you know, when we talk about listening to the voice of God, yeah. responding to it, and he says, I would rather have your obedience than your sacrifice. Yeah thought about Job this morning and how within Job, he said, you can do anything you want to Job, but don't take his life. Yeah. That day, God said, no, you won't take her life. And God spoke to me. Hmm. He spoke to me. But the thing that um, so takes me away with this, takes me back, is just the fact of what Curtis and my boys' lives would have looked like. Yeah. Like that day for him to have found me on the sofa. Right. You know, unconscious, mm-hmm. dead. Right. And then him having to call our boys. Oh my gosh. To call my mom. Yeah. Call you. Oh, and yeah. I, I, yeah. But just the act of obedience. Yeah. Saved my life. And I believe that, you know, we can't ignore 
the voice of God. Right. You know, even in Psalms 23, he says that he leads us. Yeah. And that he, he leads us, he guides us. Yeah. In order for him to lead and guide us is that we have to listen. Yeah. We have to sit at his feet. We have to spend time with him to know his voice. Yeah. We have to read his word so that he speaks to us and that he makes things clear yeah. when things are happening in our lives and for us to get understanding of who he is and what he desires to do in our lives. Yeah. You know, if you think about the shepherd yeah. and you think about the sheep, sometime in a, shep- in a sheep's pen, they'll have many different flocks yeah. inside of that one pen. Right. And those sheep have to recognize the shepherd's voice yeah. so that they can go with the shepherd. Mm-hmm. But it's not, they don't learn the voice of God there yeah. in the pen. Yeah. They learn the voice of God when he takes them out to the pasture. Born out of preach. That's when they learn the yeah. voice of God. Yeah. That's when we get into real relationships. Yeah, that, like, long, that time alone with Jesus, yeah. your prayer closet, when you're in the word, you know, when you're worshiping, all yeah. those times build that familiarity with the voice of God. Yeah. You get to know his voice yeah. intimately, you know, and personally. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like a, a baby hearing the voice of its mother, mm-hmm. you know. You know, our mother, you know, can pick out the voice of their children out of a crowd. Yeah. It's just incredible how God created us to be able to tune into the voice and especially the voice of the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and that, you know, that day just reminds me of that story that, you know, sometimes God speaks to us and he gives us direction, but it's really up to us if we obey. That's exactly If we right. listen, you know, have, had you not gotten up and walked into the kitchen. I mean, just that thought, you know, you could have pushed it out of your man. Oh, I'll check this. I'll check the stove yeah. later, you know. And had I done that, yeah. I wouldn't be sitting here today. I, yeah. And I don't think the world's ready for life without Tanya. Oh, we're not ready for that yet. That's so sweet of you. I'm not ready for that. You're going to make me cry here. Well, I'm not ready for that yet. We, yeah. You know, life is so fragile. I mean, we're all it getting really old, is. but we're not that old. No, we're not that old. <laughs> we're all ready to go. <laughs> we are not. We've grown great together. I know. That's crazy, oh, huh? Oh, my God. We've had so many funerals over the last oh. 25 years, so many people we've had to bury. You so know? many people that we've loved. I know it. And that loved each other and loved us and loved the church, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, and I know there'll come a day for all of us. Our, you know, it's appointed to all yes. men once to die. die. That's right. You know, and so God is not going to always spare us. You know, someday he will call our number and we will go home. Yeah. You know, but we don't want to hurry it. No, no, because there's still work to be done. Yeah, don't want to miss. There's still souls to be saved. I know it. There's still too much fun to be had. Oh, yeah. my God. There's life to be lived. Love God, yeah. love people. Work hard and got Have fun. And have fun. And cook yes. red beans. Hello. Yeah. I, mean, I, I want you to know. Today. Yeah. I want you to know that yeah. the red beans, the beans were delicious, too. Were they really? Yeah. They almost cost you your life. Yeah. It should have been some great red beans. They were good beans. Yeah, I, I love your red beans. They you, were good beans. You can cook some yes, red beans. In Lord fact, Jesus. it's Monday uh, when we're filming this. So in Louisiana, it's a, it's a law. Hmm. Monday, Slow you got to have red, red beans. beans and rice. I passed by uh, Slidell Eats a while ago on the way over oh, here. Oh, I love that it, place. On, on their big handwritten sign, it said, today's lunch, red beans and rice. I think, hmm, to go visit Slidell I Eats. love them because they, hey, hey Go to Good Eats. Yeah. I Is love it Good Eats? I thought it was Slidell. Oh, it's, it's called Good Eats. It's called Good Eats. Yeah, what a great name yeah, for a restaurant. Yeah, I know. But I love them because they cook from scratch. Yeah, everything. 
And mm-hmm. I just love their food. I know. Small little place. It only seats like 12 people, yeah. or 15 people <laughs> yeah. or whatever. It but it's real, real Louisiana food yeah. cooked in the kitchen yeah. from scratch every day. Yeah. Remember I'm, our first meal together? Yeah. You remember there? it? No. Where, where were we? I don't we remember. went to a pizza place. Oh, we went to, we, so we went to, to uh, what was it called? Sicily's? No, Sicily's. Uh, Sicily's. Yeah. It yes. Was, it was where the um, um, Rouse's is now. Yes, it that's right. It was Albus. old Albison's shopping yeah, center. Yeah, we went to Sicily's and we yes. had the buffet. And we had the buffet. Yeah, all of you, buffet. you and Curtis and your kids and me and Rachel and all of our kids. I still remember where we were sitting at yeah. in the room and yeah. I can even see where we were sitting at. Yeah. And I remember you saying we were going to be good friends. We did. I said we're going to be good friends for a long yeah. time. We fought a lot for 25 oh years. Oh my God. Sometimes you really get on my nerves a well, lot. I just want you to know you get on mine too. <laughs> you just annoy me sometimes. Like, I think Rachel mind. was like, what yeah. with Rachel? She was like, oh, you guys are just... You act like brothers and sisters. I know, we do. We, we are. do. We, we are. That's true. We, we, oh. we grew up in a different family, but we've always been brother and sister. You've been with yeah. me through the loss of all my family members, you know, yeah. when my dad passed. Yeah. I, I loved Pop. I, and you know, so sweet is that he wanted to have his repast before he died. No, he did. He, had his own, he so, threw a party. He knew he only had a couple months to live and he had a wake. He, he, he called it a party, but we all knew what he, he wanted to see his friends before he died. And Pop called me up and told me I had to be there. I know he did. <laughs> he was like, okay, this is your family reunion. And Pop was like, I'm going to be there. He wanted you to come. He, he told all of his friends that you were his daughter from another mother. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember when I drove up. Okay. This is deep in Louisiana. Yeah. In the yeah. woods. Yeah, the red And red I'm mill. thinking, <laughs> Lord Jesus, I'm driving there and I am thinking... Lord, am I, I going to get out of here? <laughs> am I going to live through this day? I know. And I remember yeah. Mary was outside in yeah. front of yeah. the um the, the place where we were. It's a little church, yeah. And there was some your cousins were out there. Yeah. And it was about four of them outside. Right. And so I drove up yeah. and I'm just thinking, Lord Jesus, yeah. you have a sense of humor. <laughs> and up I been here with all these white people. Yeah. yeah. And Mary knows yeah. immediately who yeah. I am. Yeah. And she says, yeah. Tanya, yeah. and I say, Mary, oh, no. and we hug and embrace. And your cousins are looking like, what is going yeah. on here? Know, like, why is she here? Yeah. What's going on? And Mary said, this is my sister, Tanya. And they all look like, oh, my God, Pop had a black Another daughter. <laughs> <laughs> he always told people oh, that you were his black daughter. Yeah. He loved you so much. I loved Pop. He loved you so much. You know, it's just amazing how he you became part of our family. All my brothers and sisters treated you like a sister you know they loved you and they have all gone on now you know mary passed russell's the only one paul passed yeah you know and uh you were with me when we buried my brother who committed suicide it was a hard day it was a dark day you know but that's what it means to do life together on all the all the different levels you know the good times the bad times the hard times you know, the times yeah. when we've laughed, the times when we've screamed at each other. I know, like, how did you phone calls to end it? When I see you, I will kill you because I had enough of you. I am done. <laughs> I'm done with you. And Richard would say, we just stop acting like that with Daniel. You're like, You're like what are y'all arguing about <laughs> now? <laughs> we went to a restaurant and we started screaming at each other. We, did, we, we yelled at yelled each other, at each other in the restaurant. Well, the one, probably the one time we ever yelled that loud at each yes, other. I, yes, that was the one time. I had to straighten you Publicly. out. Publicly. I had to oh. straighten you out. Yeah, you straightened me out all right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just right. want to put a pot knot on your head. Oh, my, <laughs> oh gosh. my gosh. We've had some, we've, we've had some great times. We've man. really had some great yeah. times. We lived through hell and high water. 
Oh, man. That's an old saying from the country. Oh, you said that, and I thought about Katrina and Mr. Paul. I know. Oh. That was an amazing day. 2000, uh, September 2005, the first Sunday after Katrina. Yeah. We all gathered in the parking lot in front of our building. Yeah. You know, you and Curtis and your boys and me and Rachel and our kids. And we're there with about like 50 or 60 other people. You know, we were from. I remember the number because I used to count. How many? It was 87. 87 of us there. <laughs> well, the Sunday 87, before. 87, but we were 1,200. Right. The Sunday, the before, Sunday before, we were right at 1,300 people in the building. So we, we went from a church of 1,300 attenders, probably a church of about 2,000 people. Yes. But attenders about 1,300. Mm -hmm. And then Sunday after Katrina, there were 87 of us left. And there was no building. No building. Nowhere we were to meet. in the mud. Yeah, we, was we were washing off chairs yeah, for we us were, to we sit were ankle on. Deep in slime and sludge and swamp mud. Yeah. yeah and we, I remember me and you and Ken and uh, Connie and Rachel and, and Curtis. We just shoveled out all the all the you know swamp mud that we could, and we set up about fifty chairs and a mm -hmm. tent. And then um, I think Rachel and Ryan led worship that day. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and you are right. It was the first Sunday. The yeah. next Sunday was 87. Yeah. The first Sunday, we were just a small. Like it was 50 just a, or it was 60. about 50. You were yeah. absolutely yeah. right because we were on the side of the building. Which Sunday we were did, on the side did, of did the Mr. Building. Paul stand up and sing? It was that Sunday, the, the, first, the, first, the first Sunday. Sunday. The so first we're there, Sunday. and uh, Mr. Paul, who was at that time, Paul probably, Campbell. Probably in his 80s at that time. Yes. Yeah. So this was our, our close to 80. Yeah, I think yeah. he was close to 80. Because he, he, he passed in his 90s. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was like, well, right at 90. Yeah. Anyway, so he was like, he's retired from his business. And he was, he was, uh, he was an, an accountant. El he was an elder and, at our church. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. he was a board member at our church. And uh, so he asked me from the congregation, which is like 40 people or 50, he said, hey, can I say something? And, you know, you would never. Yeah, how are you going to say no to Mr. Paul? Never. The most no. gentle, it, it, humble. Uh, Loving, kind-hearted. I know, man of God. And I said, so he comes up to the front of the group, and he said, I want to lead us in a song. Remember what he sang? Yeah. Count my blessings one by one. He got up and said. I know it. And we all sang it together. I mean, so funny. You, like just a couple God. of Sundays ago, something you said in church made me think of Mr. Paul yeah. and him standing up and singing that song. Yeah, it was so you know? precious. He just led us all. Like in, like. We were so blessed, and Amen. we had so much to be thankful we for, did. even in being ankle deep in yeah, mud, right? And the building and slime, was right there, and just and it was gone. I mean, I, you know, we spent most of our you know ministry building that church, and it was just gone in a moment. Everything yeah. we built, everything was gone. Yeah, everything gone. Everything but the dream. Everything, but you know, and that song kind of defined our recovery. Yeah. Like, you know what? Let's just count our blessings. Yeah. You know, we may have lost everything that we thought was important, mm -hmm. but we have what is really important. We yeah. have Jesus and we have each other. Each other. That's right. It's just rebuild. That's right. You know, and we were, we were, as a church, we were homeless for 34 months. Church in a box. Oh, man, can you, I, that's even, how did we survive that? The grace of God. We had to set up and tear down every Sunday for 34 months. And remember, for about a year, we did it twice a week. That's right. Because we, we started having Wednesday service. That's true. We did. At the Harbor Center. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, and we, I think we moved in to 18 different locations. Is it almost a different location every Sunday? Crazy. Because, you know, the storm literally destroyed Slidell. It did. Destroyed it. It did. There wasn't a house or a building. That wasn't affected. Untouched. I mean, everybody had a blue tarp. Everybody had a fence, a tree, a car. Everybody. Yeah. I mean... Life just stopped for us. Yeah. 
and our side of the town had yeah. fish in our homes and in our yeah. church yeah. and in the buildings. Yeah, and we had to push fish and snakes and sea creatures out of the buildings. I mean, it, it, I mean, we had 25 feet of water covered the south end of Slidell. Yeah. I mean, that's over the rooftops of almost every building, 25 feet. I saw a, uh, a picture from, um, uh, from a satellite during Katrina and the wall of water as it was coming across the lake to Slidell. Mm. It, it, it was like something out of wow. a blockbuster movie. I never saw that. Yeah, it, it's available oh, wow. online. You can, uh, have to go you can look, look at, at it. it. Yeah. If you duck, duck, go it, you can you can see it. That's duck, duck, go it. I use duck, duck, go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't use the other guys. But uh, You got me on duck, duck, go. Did now. you really? Yeah. Oh, good for you. You downloaded the app, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so when, uh, I, I'm looking for a picture of the water. You can see this wall of water. It's just a tsunami as it's approaching Slidell and when it hit the shore it washed into Slidell I think they said it went like four miles into the city well I think it had to have been further because we are probably about five miles yeah, or so I mean, from, from the lake shore. From the all lake the way, shore. Yeah, it went and five in, miles into, not just from the lake. Yeah. Yeah, and deep into the city. Yeah, because right. it went all the way to Fremo. Right. I had a neighbor who stayed. That's right. And he literally swammed out yeah. to Fremo. Yeah. Swammed out. Yeah. Like, he, well, he couldn't swim. He was actually he had yeah. a, a gas can that he was holding oh, onto. Oh, he floated and out. And he was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so then two yeah, weeks so later, had a heart Fremo attack. is probably what eight miles or ten yeah, miles. It's gotta yeah, gotta be. So the the wake the wall of water was so high it it washed over the city for ten miles. I mean, even at our house, yeah. we had our house is almost three feet off the ground, right. and the water mark was at seven wow. on the outside of the house. Right. In the church building itself, we had a water mark right about five feet. Yeah. You know, so the water stood in our building for at five feet deep. It's crazy, you huh? Know? It's just insane, and then. You know how God brought us brought us through all of that. Yeah, it's just and that better than what we were. Right. Even then. Right. You know? That's one of those moments when God spoke to me too. You know, I can probably count maybe a half a dozen over the 40, 50 years I've been following the Lord of where God just gave me a a a word. Clear. You just like do this. Yeah. Because I was I was telling God I was done that day when I went back for the first. Yeah, time. Yeah, you wanted to go to Tennessee. I, I was like, you were like I'm you moving, were moving to Tennessee. I'm moving, Lord. I've done what you asked me to do. I built the church. And we're like, no. You took it all from me, so I'm done. If you you know, unless you want me to stay, and you know, Tanya, God didn't say anything when I prayed that prayer. Sometimes God speaks more to us in His silence. In His silence, you are so right. And He does in His voice. Man, I, I stood in that parking lot, and there's uh, helicopters overhead from the National Guard. There's troops protecting from looting. I mean, it's like we were in a war zone. Yeah. You know, and it, plus the smell of death, the lake, the dead animals the everywhere. It's just, yeah. it's just putrid. Plus all the sewers backed up. And it mm-hmm. was just, the whole city smelled like death, you know. And I remember sloshing through that in the parking lot, and I saw the building for the first time, and I saw, man, I poured my whole life into this place, and, you know, and now it's all gone. Yeah. And I, I just told God, I can't do this again. I was, I was crying. I said, God, I just can't do this again. I don't have it. Yeah. And I told God, I said, please let me just quit. And I remember praying and said, Lord, please let me take my little family and just move somewhere where it's safe. That's all I want to do. Please let me leave. And I stood there, and the wind was hot, and it was blowing. Mm. It was early September. And silence. God didn't say anything. I walked in the building, took a little tour of all the damage, and that was overwhelming. And I found the only thing that survived the storm was a framed picture of our dream hanging on the wall. I couldn't read what it was because it was dark in the building, so I 
I, I thought maybe it was attached by screws to the concrete wall, but it was just hanging by a wire and a nail. And I thought to myself, how could this po this be possible? I mean, we had 150 mile an hour winds. Yeah. It cracked the you know ceiling, it, the roof, which was like an old concrete roof, probably two or three yeah. feet thick, was cracked open. I mean, it was a horrible storm. But yet, this little picture hangs unmoved, and I can the water line is right beneath the bottom of the frame. I'm thinking, what is it? So I took the picture off. I ran through the lobby outside in the sunlight and I held it up and it was a framed copy of our dream <laughs> that we'd written, you know, in 1996. And that's when the Lord spoke to me. And what he said wasn't very comforting, but it was, it was truth. Yeah. Sometimes God doesn't always speak comfort. Sometimes he, he speaks correction. Sometimes he speaks direction. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, I heard the voice of the Lord say, she took everything from you, mm. speaking of the storm. Right. She took everything from you, but I wouldn't let her take the dream. Come on. Come on. And I said, I fell to my knees, and I said, okay, God, so I'm starting over, right? And we started over. Yeah. With you nothing. Remember you told us that, you know, because of the status, the status of yeah. the church, the state yeah. of the church. Yeah. You released us all. I, I laid everybody off. I met with all that next Next time we were, we all gathered in Ken's at Ken's house, Ken in and Connie's kitchen. kitchen, and they have a tree in their house. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we, had a, we had a staff meeting with a tree in the house. Yeah, ah, what a, what a life, huh? Yeah. yeah. What I said, look, I'm starting over. I got a word from God. I said, but I, I don't expect you guys to stay. I know you got. I can't pay any of you. We have no church. We have no income. I said, so everybody's laid off. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Take care of your family. And uh, every one of you said, we're not going anywhere. Oh, we're here. We didn't come for the money. Never was for the yeah, money. No, never. Never said, was for the money. We'll just trust God. And you know, I don't know how God made it um, possible, but we never missed a payroll. We didn't. Never. Never missed one. We had one. no church and no building. We had no tithers. No one supporting the vision. And we turned our parking lot into a relief center. What you going to say? It's just, isn't that the way God is? Yeah. So that no one could get the glory but yeah, him. I know. It wasn't like out of our own means or that we had the savings account that had yeah. all this money or resources. We were, we were still a young church and we were still building. You know, we just bought yeah. some land. We were trying to build a building. So we were like. So the dream was for us to go to Lacombe. Yeah. And buy the 125 acres uh, out right, there. Right. So we were planning for the future. But, you know, uh, Convoy of Hope, who, you know, Convoy is an amazing oh, ministry. Yeah. Convoy of Hope contacted me. Um, Carrie, I can't remember Carrie's last name. He was uh, with Convoy, still is with Convoy. But he called me and said, hey, we'd like to know if we could use your parking lot to set up a relief center. And I said, yeah, we're not using it. <laughs> it's a big wide open parking lot. Come on down. So they brought, they rolled in oh trucks that God. day. The and they brought, they, in, brought in. they brought in truckload after truckload. after. So we had diapers and food. Remember and how long water. the line would be? Yeah. It was endless. Some days we served, I think, didn't we say it was 2,000 cars a day yeah. we served? 2,000 cars a day. So we had this uh, makeshift warehouse outdoors. It was like a giant Sam's warehouse yes. or Costco warehouse. And we had rows and uh, stacks and forklifts. There was, of there was no roof. There was no walls. It was just like this outdoor relief center, you know. And we get there early every morning, and we had water and food. 
Remember the uh, um, the MREs? MREs yes. Did y'all eat MREs every day? No, oh, we, we couldn't. We 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 ate a few, but that was not our thing. Give we, me the um, potted meat, okay? Oh, I'll just had, take the potted you meat, had the, crackers, uh, sardines you had the crackers, and the yeah. Uh, and yeah. I don't like sardines and the either, Vienna sausage. So. Well, me and Rachel and the kids ate MREs, which is a military <laughs> yes. term, meals ready to eat. MRE. We ate yeah. them every day, literally for <laughs> the first month. We had MREs for dinner every night. Oh my God! So no, we, we didn't got to do be that. a game at night because you know we didn't have any electricity. So you had to buy candlelight or buy flashlight. Open the MRE, and the kids were like, "Oh man, I got banana pudding. Give us my dessert." Or, "Oh, I got you know, I got you know, I got a you know their favorite entree." You know, it was it was an interesting life. But we so we set up that uh, relief line, and we were getting out water and food and diapers and medical supplies and dog food, hygiene kits, everything. I mean, it was like a it's like a, a super warehouse yes. and cars would line up and they would stay in line all day and they would continually move and we would load their car. What do you need? You need water, mm-hmm. you need food, you need mm-hmm. diapers. And that we did that 2000 times a day <sighs> and we kept that relief line open for 30 days. Yeah. I don't know how many people we served. I mean, we lost count. Tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. It's a people. Tens of thousands. And it was crazy because we had nothing. All of our houses were damaged. I mean, Rachel and I were sleeping in a dark house. We had to drive the Ponchatoula to sleep in our country house, which had no power. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're, we're living on a generator at night and driving to Slidell and working all day. Uh, and uh, in the middle of all of that, you know, we had every reason to quit. Mm-hmm. Every reason to stop. I mean, yeah. how can you rebuild a church? And, you know, we have no resources. We have nothing. And I remember one day in the middle of the relief effort, you know, which was stretching now into a whole almost a whole month uh i was walking inside of the um with the forklift would drive to get the pallets off the shelves and i was just kind of done i was tired i was dirty you know we didn't have hot water for weeks i just yeah. i felt gross you know so i'm walking i just t- i'm just telling god i'm just telling god this is hard i'm tired and a man walked up to me mm. that i did not know uh tall thin a very well-spoken man, and he said, are you the pastor? My first thought was, oh, man, I I really don't feel like talking to another person. I don't want to help him. He was very selfish. I was like, you probably need, because everybody needed something. Right. Everybody you talked to needed something. Rich, poor. Yeah, everybody was in the same boat. Can I get some water? Can I get some food? Could you come help me get a tree off my house? It was just overwhelming. So this guy walked up to me, and he said, are you the pastor? So... I took a deep breath and said, yeah, I'm, I'm the pastor. What, what can I do for you? And he said, well, I'm here to see what I can do for you, mm-hmm. which I hadn't heard that in a long time. Yeah. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I just really want to come help you. And uh, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what he meant. You know? And I said, well, I, I don't know, man. I don't know how you can help me. Look around. I said, we've lost everything, and we're just hanging on by a thread. And he said, what's one thing I can do? Tell me one thing I can do. That would help you. So I, uh, I remember thinking, and I don't, I don't know if how it, how the thought came around exactly. Maybe he suggested it. Maybe I, the Lord brought it to my thoughts. But I said, you know, if I could pay my staff this week, maybe we could start over. I said, because I can't afford to make payroll. And he said, done. 
I said, but you don't even know how, how much it is. Because by that time, we had like 13 of us, 14 yeah. of us on staff. Right. And I said, oh, it's, 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 it's a pretty big number. And uh, he said, it doesn't matter. He said, um, and he wrote down on a piece of paper, he said, here, call this number. This is the treasurer of our church. And you tell him what you need. And he's going to wire you whatever you need. And I was stunned. And I said, you know, we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars. You know, this is a lot of money. And he said, just tell me what it is. So I had to drive an hour to get a phone signal because all the cell towers were down. So I drove all of, almost to Baton Rouge before I could find a cell tower where I could call. So I called that number, and it was a guy in, it was a, the man in Springfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, this, this sounds like a crazy thing I'm about to tell you. I don't know if it's even real or not. Uh, but a man gave me this number and told me to call you. He said, oh, yeah, Pastor John, tell me to expect your call. I found out later it was John Lindell, the pastor of James River Church in, in Springfield, o- Missouri. O- yeah, Ozark, Missouri. Yeah. You know, oh. and one of the yeah, well, it's right outside of Springfield. Okay. It's in okay. Ozark. The main campus is in Ozark. Um, what is the largest AG church in America? Yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't know John at the time. You know, he moved in a whole different circle than I moved in. Um, but it turns out uh, his treasurer said, "Yeah, send me your your banking uh, information and the amount, and I'm gonna wire you the money today." So they wired us our payroll that day. Yeah. It hit our bank. I remember I, I, I told Rachel, I said, hey, go cut all the staff checks. And we're going to pay everybody today. So we all got together for a staff meeting. And I passed out. You remember I passed out yes. payroll checks? <laughs> <laughs> passed out payroll checks. And, and you said, is this a joke? <laughs> we don't have any money. It's just like faith. I said, no, y'all. This, this is monopoly money this, this inside, is, right? Yeah, this is real. Everybody got paid that day. Yeah. And uh, and I told told y'all the story. Yeah. And he took care of us for three months, wasn't he? Yeah. He he paid our payroll every two weeks for three Three months. months. They would call and say, do you need to pay your staff? And I would say, "Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. And the money hit the bank the same day for three months. They didn't know us. They didn't have any connection to do that other than it was just the grace of God, yeah. you know, and something the Lord spoke to my heart. And this, this wasn't one of those words. It was just one of those knowing voices. The Lord spoke to my heart. Um, while we're busy rescuing others, God's busy rescuing right. us. That's exactly right. And it's always so true. If we can stay busy doing the ministry, yeah. if we rescue others, God will rescue me. Yeah. And he always has done that. That is so true. Yeah. I remember after um, we got home and we assessed the damages to our house. I remember Curtis and I standing outside and yeah. just all of the mess. Yeah. And he said, he said, you know, let's not worry about us. Yeah. He says, let's, let's devote the first year to helping everyone in the church. Oh, my God. And when we made that decision, I was like, yeah, I was just all in. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're not going to worry about us. Yeah, we were. I think at that point we were staying with the duties. Yeah. <laughs> and we had lived in three different places. We yeah. even went and stayed with Selena's brother. Oh, gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> and stayed in his house, in yeah. the house. So that's why we weren't eating MREs. Yeah. You know, Y'all had, we had food. <laughs> yeah. We were living in a camper. After we moved out of the house in Ponchatoula, we bought an RV. Yes, you so guys we, did. We lived in an RV for, I think, seven months. And y'all were glad to get rid of that RV. Oh, too. so happy. 
I, I never want to RV again in my yeah. life. Rachel yeah. loves RVing, but um, I'm I'm turned off. Oh yeah. my God! Remember when we almost died in the RV? Oh my gosh! What story? That was on a trip to Tennessee. That right? was on a trip we to almost Tennessee. Almost turned the RV over. Yeah. Was I driving or was Rachel? I think I was driving. Yeah, I think you were driving. Yeah. Were you driving? I don't know. Uh, Curtis Rachel, got thrown but up. Curtis's legs went straight up yeah, in the air. Yeah, he, like, he flipped over. That was, that was me driving. Rachel was a good driver. Yeah, Rachel's yeah. a good driver. We lived in an RV for seven. Me and Rachel and five kids <laughs> in a one-bedroom RV. Eating MREs. Hmm. I don't know. It's not getting any better than oh, that. Oh, crazy. Yeah. But you know what? We made the decision to yeah. serve first the church year. for the first year. And yeah. and after we made that decision, yeah. Curtis's company just yeah. literally just took care of us. Oh, my goodness. Bought our fifth wheel. <sighs> they literally, after the storm, they said, what can we do? Oh, we said, goodness. we don't have a home. We don't have yeah. any place to live. Yeah. And they bought us a fifth wheel. Oh my goodness. Then not only while we were waiting, when before they had made the decision to do that, they were bringing us gas oh my every two weeks. They would find wherever we were, and they would fill up our vehicles and all of our children's oh vehicles gosh. with gas. And they what would bring company. us and they would bring us food. What company was that? This was Kerr McGee. God bless Kerr McGee. Kerr McGee was an yeah. amazing. They're yeah. no longer. Yeah. They sold. They sold out yeah. to a bigger group. They, yeah. yeah, they yeah. W- went debt free, yeah. and they just decided, hey, let's sell, hey, and they sold. They were billionaires. Kerr yeah. McGee. Curtis yeah. worked for Kerr McGee for 25 years. Wow. And that was an amazing company. They took care of us. When they brought the fifth wheel, it had everything it in it. It was a nice it fifth was, wheel. Oh, you still own it. I still own it. Yeah. Yeah. You should get the big truck to pull it with, too. And I remember that first Christmas yeah. after the storm, yeah. they give, they sent us a letter, and they said, um, you know, we just we were thinking, and what yeah. we decided to do was the fifth wheel is your Christmas gift. Oh, my gosh. And gave us a check for $5,000. Oh, my gosh. It was like. What a company. I am like, but you know what? I believe that that was just yeah. the blessing and it the fruit God. of the Lord, mm-hmm. just because we were ready to serve his people, right. not even knowing right. what it meant for us. You were rescuing others. Yeah. And he was rescuing you. And it just goes to your point yeah. of what yeah. you just said. Yeah. You know? Yeah. God looks at our hearts. It's so true. And he, and he takes care of us. Yeah. He says he'll never leave. He'll never forsake us. And we got to rebuild the church. It took us three years. Yeah, three we opened years. a new campus in Lacombe. took me three years to build a house, get my house back. I know. <laughs> we opened up our uh, new campus in 2008. Mm-hmm. And we stayed there for 10 years until we yeah. sold that building and moved back to Slidell. Yes. Which I think we all, all knew that one day we would come home. You know, back to where we started. Yeah, but what, isn't that the voice of God, like what you heard? Because remember when you came to yeah. the lead team and yeah. you said, "I believe the Lord's saying we need to sell the church." Yeah, yeah. And was that not God? Where would we? Timing. What would have happened Man. had we not? And then the coronavirus hit. I know it. You know, it was just the grace of God. Because when the Lord spoke that to me, I knew it. I was talking to Rachel and Jeremy one day at lunch, right before the lead team meeting, and I was telling um, Rachel and Jeremy what I thought the Lord was saying. And I said, I really think God's telling us just to sell that 15 acres and that building. And it sounded crazy. Like, why would you do that? It yeah. didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Other than sometimes God just gives you knowledge that is supernatural, that you don't know what's coming, but he does. You, didn't, you don't understand it. Right. But that act of obedience. Man, changed everything. Yeah. I mean, we are, uh, you know, pretty much a debt-free ministry mm-hmm. and... You know, we moved back into Slidell and... Uh, and we're thriving. Oh, my gosh. Despite everything that's happened with... In the middle with of this virus, worldwide pandemic, you know, God positioned us in a place perfectly, yes. you know. And then, you know, we were able to um, 
to move our ministry online. You know, we we always had a, a small online presence, uh, but we brought on you know my son Cade and yeah. s- several other people who came along on the team and just really put us on. Uh, put our ministry online. Mm-hmm. So God know. was even aligning all of those all of things that. All of that. for that moment. I know it, you know, and uh, even w- during the shutdown, uh, the lockdown or whatever they call it, you know, we never closed the never church. Never closed the door. Uh, but people stopped coming. You know, a couple Sundays, it was me and you and the staff and, you know, our families was always there, yeah. you know, and I think Hans and uh, Hans and the Marshall. Uh, yeah, Marshall and, and, and Hans. Dawn. They came every Sunday. They never missed no matter what. Uh, Hans and Marshall and Don were always there every Sunday. God uh, bless them. I know we had three people in the congregation. <laughs> you know, we're such a blessed church. So oh fortunate. Do you know all the people that have been with you yeah. and in our, this ministry for so long? They've like that's not That's yeah. not normal. They stayed with us for, it doesn't happen. for years or decades. You know, John Taylor, you know. Oh John Taylor was one of our first visitors to ever come to the church. He showed up one day with his family and never left. John Ben was about 24 to almost 25 years. Yeah. Just the beginning. Yeah. Linda Lorenz. Linda Lorenz. She was in our oh first six God. o'clock prayer group. We prayed for the first year at 6 a.m. every morning, not once a week, every day. And Linda was there every day at 6 a.m. for oh. intercessory prayer. She literally prayed our church into existence. Yeah. You know, you're saying that. Yeah. But I may have come a year after the church yeah. started. Yeah. But I was praying for you guys from day one no of the church. Remember that. Blue Alfonso? Oh, yeah. Stephanie, I think it was his mom's name. I do name. remember them. Absolutely. Our kids was on the same basketball team yeah. when you started the church. Yeah, and he was and coming she, to our youth group. And she tried to get me. Like, I can't believe the yeah. number of people who tried to get me to come to Journey yeah. when the doors first opened. Yeah. Like, I look back on that. It was the Lord. And that was the you. Lord was like, yeah. you're going to be there. Yeah. This is where I'm taking and you. Rob and Teresa this, Klein invited Ro- you to come. Yeah. yeah. Rob and Teresa invited me to come yeah. there. Oh, it was yeah. like I was teaching school at First Baptist. Yeah, that's right. And I had several students say, you got to come to church. And yeah. But Stephanie was the big, she was the one who was like, I found this church yeah. and they're just getting ready to start. And she says, I think I'm going to go there because I had been inviting her to come to church with me. I had been yeah. witnessing to her and sharing right. the gospel. Right. But she said she was going. And so I started praying for Journey yeah. back oh then. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. In huh? that first year because yeah. I wanted her to get rooted yeah. because she was such a sweet person. And I just wanted her to grow in a faith. Like we, like our purpose statement says, you know, helping people become fully devoted followers of right. Christ. Right. And I just really wanted to help her. Yeah. Why would we wanted her to be in the good church that yeah. was going to happen, make that happen? Yeah. But I got to go back to almost where we started. Yeah. And we were talking about me, our first time coming to church and you yeah. greeting us and knowing our yeah. names and the dogs' names and, and everything. Yeah. And Charlie, yeah. yeah. I, um, God, I lost my train of thought. I had a senior moment. Going back to the oh, first. when we the first service. Yeah. Like I remember us walking away. We got in our car. We yeah. were at the Illumina Cathedral down yeah. Highway 190, yeah. past Thompson Road, Airport yeah. Road. We're driving home, and my kids talked about your message oh. all the way from the Illumina Cathedral. And we were talking all the way to Carroll Road about the message. Oh, wow. And I told the kids, I said, you know what? We're just checking out churches. Mm. We had never been to an all-black church. Yeah. I said, we're going to go and check out, you mm-hmm. know, I named a couple of churches. And yeah. I said, we're going to go and check them out and, and experience what it is to be in a black, an all-black yeah. church. Right. And my kids, a revolt <laughs> started in the backseat. And they God were like, journey, journey, oh, no journey, way. journey, journey, journey. They were not going journey. anywhere else. We were like, yeah. And I thought... 
In that moment, Curtis yeah. and I realized if yeah. our kids could talk about a message, yeah. being as young as they were, because yeah. I think Daniel was probably, Curtis Jr. must have been about 12 or so. Yeah, about right. So mm-hmm. Daniel was about eight or eight yeah. or nine, eight years old or when so. When was Daniel born? Daniel was born in 80, 84. In 84. So he was, no, he was going on 12 then. He was going, oh, wow. Yeah, he was on tw- almost 12. Okay, yeah. so he was 12. Yeah. So Dan, oh, wow, then Curtis, Curtis Jr. was 16. Six, 16. Yeah. Oh, wow, oh, my God. Yeah. And Josh was 14. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, my children's I age did. is better I than did. I do. Yeah, but <laughs> Thank I you. Stop you. <laughs> <laughs> but they were in the back seat, yeah. literally yeah. just going crazy. They made the decision. Speaking, saying journey. Yeah. And, and we just thought, if they could talk about the message yeah. all the way from that point. That's amazing. And know what you were talking about. Yeah. Then this was where we needed to be. Yeah. We never ever went to another church. Yeah, that became Joshua started calling me PD. He's well, on the Canada trip. He gave me my nickname. That's right. And right. now people call you PD. He asked me if I hey, can I give you a nickname? I said sure. He said I won't give you a rapper name. I was like okay, that's cool. <laughs> You're cool. He gave me a rapper name. He said I'm gonna talk on you PD. I was like that's cool, Josh. And he's, that was on our trip to Canada, which oh, we've had a couple God. of international outreaches together. Canada we was had. one. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun trip. Oh, that was really oh, that fun. That was amazing. And we did a good time. Then we went to Africa together. Oh, remember, wait, wait. Before we went to go before Africa, yeah. we got to talk about the chef we had that went to Canada. Oh, my gosh. Us. We ate like Remember kings, Mike huh? Sanders? Uh, he cooked for no, us. No, it wasn't Mike. It was, uh, it was Larry. Oh, Larry Barry. Larry, yeah. Larry, Larry cooked Barry every off. night. Oh, yes. my gosh. It was so oh, my good. God. It was so good. We ate like kings for an outreach. For an outreach, he was just bringing everything out oh, the cooler. Man. Yeah, oh he was my prep, man. God, was, we, we had, had gumbo and etouffee. We had a different dish every night. Oh my God, it was yeah. just like that was and amazing. Remember, we were with uh, uh, a Muslim yes. um, pastor who got converted to Christianity, Christianity, right? And he was reaching Muslims in. In Canada. in Canada, what an amazing yes. ministry, huh? Oh my goodness! Yeah, Retta, was... Retta and Tahini. That, that was the oh, pastor's God. name. The pastor and his wife, yeah, Retta and Tahini. Exactly. They re- they're still in Canada. Are they really? And they're still reaching. Uh, they're still reaching Muslims for Christ. That's yeah. so awesome. So we got to spend a week with them. We did evangelism. We would preach at their church and yeah. s- and serve them. That was a great. We also trip. got to go to Africa together. Oh, Africa what a trip! Was huh? Amazing, absolutely. What a trip! Amazing. Yeah. I don't know. There were so many good good stories from Africa. Remember, yeah. you made me buy the black cane in the airport because that's when I was going <laughs> yes. blind. And you said, Doug, if you just carry this, carry this. Cain, we could get through all the security lines. You had a, you had evil motives to get me out. I was just trying to get us through. I know. I was so trying you, to get us through. You bought me this black cane and said, "Just carry this." And boy, they opened up all the doors. And I, I was it legally worked. blind. Yes, yeah. you were. I was legally blind, so it, it wasn't a lie. Yes, uh, but I didn't want to carry the cane. You didn't want to look like I didn't want to be handicapped and have a have a, uh, a a reason to cut through all the lines. But hey, it got you to the front of the line, so that's really all hey. that matters, right? Sister didn't have to wait. And, and why in the world did we go down the Nile River and I was legally blind? That was not a good decision on my part. Did yeah. you hear what you just said? Yeah, we went, up we the went Nile. down the Nile, Nile River. River. I really went up the Nile River because yes. it flows from uh, oh south God. to north. What an amazing yeah. experience that yeah. was. Gabrielle Remember the poison? Was yeah. Oh, my Gabby was with us. Uh, and Gabby's the one who kept pushing the Nile. She even said, Dad, how many chances will I ever have to... Go up the Nile River again in my and life. And how many people can say they did that? Yeah, I said, okay, Gabby, you're right. You're never, we're probably never going to go down the, the Nile again. So we all bought tickets, me and you and Gabby and Jeremy, and Jeremy. to go up the Nile River. And we went whitewater rafting. Were we out of our minds? 
Remember the poisonous snake <gasps> that was in the water? And yeah. I wanted us to go to the giant. snake. Was, and I wanted to, I was like, Let, let's go closer. Yeah. We want to, and it was like, what? Back. like, no. And I'm the only one who wanted to go towards it. Got, remember when we launched in our, oh. our boat? It was a big uh, inflatable raft yes. that held eight people. We, it was in that big boat, and we paddled to the middle of the Nile. And it's so wide that you couldn't hardly see the bank yes. from the center of the river. Yes. I mean, I have never seen a river that big in my life. And remember, it must have been a mile or two miles wide. It was just unbelievable. Remember when we flipped in the Nile? Well, how many times did we flip? Seven times. We turned over seven times. There were eight rapids. <sighs> Eight rapids, seven of them were, I don't, I don't remember the category, I think it's five is the worst or six, mm -hmm. whatever it is. They were all at the highest level. And the other one that wasn't rated was considered uh, lethal. Yes. They didn't, they didn't let us go over. They, they made us get out of the river, carry our boat around the, the rapid. That's exactly and right, and get back in. Right, because they it said too many people had died, died there. What were we what? thinking? What an amazing experience oh that gosh. was. We saw hippos. Oh, my God. We did. You know, we saw, we saw giant cobras. That was just. Uh, crocodiles. They said oh. some of the crocodiles were like 15 feet long. The boda bodas. Oh, my God. Remember gosh. that? The, the motorcycles. The motorcycles. Yeah. Remember all like, I counted on one, one motorcycle, yeah. five people, people on one like, motorcycle. And they had their off. chickens I know in, it. in front. And they're moving the luggage. And children. There's babies tucked in beside in the, the adults. In between, I, I know. It's like, yeah, they're called border, border boaters because the bike took them from border to border. So it's kind of like a, you know, a, a colloquial term yeah. for border to border, but it's called boater boaters. Remember we're yeah. going down the highway and there's camels going down the highway with I us? It. I know. It. It's just like whatever motor transportation, bicycles, motorcycles, dump trucks, buses, camels, elephant. Remember the elephant? Yeah, got riding an elephant down the street. Yes, like, what the heck is going on? Where are we? Easy. Yeah, and we were in um, where were we in Kampala? Kampala. Remember, it's a city yes. of like eight million. Yes, eight million people. Yes, crazy. And no red lights. None. We saw one traffic light. One. I'm thinking, why did that street get a traffic light, and nobody else got one? That was the other street. You you came to a four way stop, and it's whoever was the bravest. And people like the boda bodas would go in between the cars. Yeah. Like, and there's Just not even no out. space. Zigzagging. Like, dude, that's two feet. I know. How are you going to fit in there? Crazy. I know. Yeah, we got to go to that oh. church. Remember the church we preached at on that Sunday morning? Uh, it was out in the plains of Africa. Oh, yeah. We had to drive like an hour out of town. And it, the, the building only had half walls. So like at four to six feet tall. And then the rest of it was open air with like a thatch roof. Yeah. And there must have been, what, a thousand people there? And they crazy. had three services back to back, back to back. Back to back. Every service was full. Yeah. People would walk from every village. All over. It was, it was, it yeah. was amazing. But man. what a beautiful sight. Like, I still, uh, I have my pictures. Yeah. And every once in a while, they'll come up. Yeah. And it's just so cool to reflect yeah. back on the, that moment and yeah. time, you know? Yeah, there was a song back in the 90s. Uh, I forgot who sang it now. Um, but one of the lines was, um, across the African plain, mm. you know, people worshiping God. In the rainforest, the African uh -huh. plains, you know, in the cathedrals know of Europe, you know, worship is just but universal. We got to do it though. Yeah, it's, it's universal. It's it's the language of the soul, you know. Yeah. To, and again, hearing the voice of God, not only does He listen to us, He also speaks, speaks to us. 
You yeah. know, he's he's an amazing God. Mm-hmm. Remember while we were on that trip, um, they don't they eat, they drink their milk fresh. Right. They drink the milk fresh. Warm. So like yeah. warm right yeah. out the right yeah. out the cow. Yeah. I know, right? So we stayed away from that, uh, but we went to a restaurant. Remember the restaurant we went to? And yeah. It was like we were on the rooftop. It was called Soho. Yeah, a Soho restaurant because it was the only American food in that part of town. And we went there for the French fries, mostly. Yes. Remember they had fries? Yes. Yeah. But I saw they had like a meat sauce, spaghetti yeah. meat, and I love meatballs and uh-huh. spaghetti. Yeah. So I decided to get that. I but remember. when it came, it really wasn't like what yeah. we were used to. It's it was a wasn't, different consistency. Yeah. yeah. And so I ate it. Yeah. And that night we went to the yeah. Bible study yeah. in this little. Yeah. And you got sick. And I got sick. <laughs> I remember you were sick as a dog. And uh, I remember we were tired and we just really yeah. didn't want to go to that. I know. To, we to really that. didn't. We didn't. And you were like, I just really want to go home. I want to go to and bed. so we're in there, and there it was just a little small group of us. Right. And we're in there, and all of a sudden I start getting sick from the meal. Yeah. And I just I knew, remember. like, I needed to go yeah. and just kind of like. I was like, so walk glad you away. were sick. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, we got to take her home. Yeah, she's yeah. sick. <laughs> See how that is? Like, yeah. okay, you were glad I was sick. I was glad you were blind. <laughs> I was like, thank God she's sick. Hey, we got to leave early. She's sick. Yeah. So I remember yeah. going out, yeah. leaving out of the room. Yeah. I went outdoors because I knew I needed to throw up. Yeah. And I was making this really like yeah. horrible it sound. It, it, it was like the sound was really, yeah, it, was it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. And there was, I heard this little kid saying, Mama, what sound is that? What animal is that? <laughs> what is that? It's like, he, he was trying to determine, he was trying to decide, wild, like, figure out what was the animal. or something out there. Yeah. But wild. I sounded terrible, but it got us in the van it and did. we got to go home. We got, we cleared and after out. I threw up, I yeah. felt so much better. Yeah. <laughs> you did you ever drink the milk? No, it was, I think it was milk that was inside of that. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. Milk in the in sauce. Si- in the sauce. That's what made you sick. And that's probably. what made me yeah. sick. Yeah. So I was like, so. man, I was sick. But every oh now and then we go to the Soho and we would eat a, a meal yeah. that didn't make us sick. Yeah. yeah. They had some really. I learned my lesson on yeah, that. Yeah, not one. getting the sauce. <laughs> I learned my Don't lesson. Don't get the red sauce. Yeah. But remember going into the orphanage yeah. and seeing oh the little babies? God. I have oh a picture. Jesus. You have a picture. I, I, I think I took a, oh I think I took the picture. I, I think I was. Gabrielle? Of Gabrielle. Yeah, yeah. Holding the baby. Danielle. And um and I remember putting my hand up next to Yeah, you took the picture, I think. Yeah. yeah. I took I took that picture. Right. But I also took a picture of my hand next yeah. to the the baby that was yeah. in an incubator. I know. And just how tiny the your baby was, was smaller I know than your my hand. hand. Was bigger than the baby. They told us a story of Danielle. In this ministry, they rescued children that were abandoned. And, uh, Watotos. Watoto, Wat- Wat- yeah, yes. yeah, which is, uh, I think it means children in, mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, language. Uh, but anyway, they rescued Danielle from a dumpster. Yeah. She was a newborn that her mom threw her away. Yeah. And they, somebody from the church witnessed it and went into the dumpster and took the baby out God. and brought her back to uh, the baby home. They didn't call them orphanages. Yes, that's right. They did they not them call them home. baby homes. Every yes. baby gets a home. home. Oh my God. I love their philosophy of ministry. That place was amazing. I know. So um, they asked Gabby if she, if she would take care of Danielle that day. You know, and she's sitting so in the sweet. nursery. And Danielle's... Such a great picture. Danielle may be as big as this cup. You know, she may weigh two pounds. You know, and Gabby's holding her like this. It was a defining moment. Just yeah. in, you know, the love of God. How mm-hmm. God loves us because we, we've all been in the dumpster. Oh, we've all been abandoned. The and truth. the Father rescued us out. You know, we all need to be rescued, don't we? Everybody needs to be rescued. Do you remember that day when we were leaving out? There was a family bringing their child. Yeah. And dropping their child off because they could not care for couldn't that. Couldn't take child. care of the baby anymore. They had already had too many kids. And, right. And they couldn't. And feed, they, they couldn't feed another. They couldn't baby. take another one. Yeah. And they were leaving their baby. Yeah. Oh Jesus. 
so many hurting people in the world. But the views were absolutely Africa amazing. Was an amazing continent, man. Remember when we went to the the village where that a mother we went to have a meal, a traditional African I meal. Remember. Refresh me. Yeah, that we went to. We went w- drove way out into the countryside. Yeah. And they showed us how they um, there was. Well, one of the things they wanted to do was. W- we were trying to decide where we were going to put some money at, right? Oh, that's right. Remember? Yeah, we were going and to we, leave an offer for them so to do something with. Under yeah. one roof, there would be four homes, and each right. home had a corner. I of remember. The, oh, yeah. And we played soccer in the yard. And we played soccer in the yards yeah, with yeah. the kids. Remember, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and just how well they had it set up. Like, yeah. they had the school. They had the place for them to go get medical care. Yeah, right. They had the mother who had eight children. It Each was mother a, it took care Yes. It was a neighborhood where those babies were all being raised by moms and dads. Yeah, so when they left yeah. the orphanage, yeah. that's where they would go yeah. at. So the they stayed, home. the baby home. Yeah. Yes. The it, baby home. They would go to a, re, to they a would permanent go to, home. Yes. Yeah. And so they stayed there until they were, like, two years old yeah. at the baby home. Right, and then they, Up until two. And then they would They would get parents. Yeah. And they would get a mother right they would right. get a mother right and that mother would care for eight children I know it. and just yeah i got a picture of one kid and he's like making bricks oh my gosh from lord mud jesus. and straw lord jesus it made me just think of you know the children of israel yeah you know it's right. such a great picture yeah but there were so many things that are just etched yeah. in my mind now from that trip that, and that was incredible god's, god's done you know sometimes you know, in the middle of all of those outreaches that we've done, you know, it's not really what we got to do, but it's what God oh. did in us. You know, it's forever changed. Forever. forever changed. You know, next year, if the travel restrictions are lifted, we may get to go back uh, to Central America mm-hmm. and plant a new church. Uh, that's our hope with Luis, that we can yeah. plant a brand new church. I want you to go with me. If you, Oh, I if, want to. Yeah, we need to go back yeah. again, you know, if... Uh, the Lord opens the door for us and, uh, and I hope he does plant some more churches. I hope he does. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, God's moving uh, all across the world, even in spite of this uh, the virus. You know, mm-hmm. God is moving across India. You know, the 15 churches that uh, Santos and Anjali mm-hmm. have planted. You know, the work that uh, Alan and yeah. Trisha are about to do in Peru. Yeah, he's with, got a namesake there. I know, right? I know. It's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? And so God's doing some really cool stuff, you know. So, it really uh, is. Anyway, it's been so fun talking to Man, you today. this was great. Kind of reliving some stories. We've got so many more to tell. So we got to pick this up again in the near future and tell, go round two. Love to. Tell stories. Uh, thank the Lord you listened to his voice last week. And yes, you got to finish those beans. Yes, the <laughs> beans God. were important. Speaking of that, it's Monday, <laughs> and I'm going to get some red beans and rice for lunch. God willing, because uh, it's Louisiana, man. It's a Louisiana it's bean, red beans and rice day in Louisiana. I love you so much, oh, Tanya Camper. Man, I love you and you Curtis too. and your boys and your grandkids and your daughters-in-law. All, yeah. They're such what a beautiful yeah. family. You we have, have done life together we over have. the years, uh, and have many more to go. Hopefully, God will give us a few it's more. Like we always say, "You're not getting rid of me." I know. I'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry. not going anywhere, and neither are you. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna keep doing um, this. We're, we're lifers until we're Jesus comes. This. Yeah, yeah. Or until we go by the way yeah. of the grave. Well, yeah. that wraps it up for today. Uh, I've enjoyed being with my longtime friend Tanya Camper. Uh, this is Doug McAllister from Journey Fellowship Church. And you've been watching stories I didn't get to tell last Sunday. It's our weekly podcast. If you're new to Journey, you can uh, download the Journey app. Go to your app store and type in Journey Fellowship Church, and you can download the app. It's compliments of Journey. It is packed with resources to help you grow in your faith. Past messages. You can watch the past episodes of this podcast. Uh, also, you can find a small group. You can get driving directions how to get to Journey if you're living on the North Shore. 
store and want to visit us. Uh, we are in Slidell, Louisiana. Uh, also, our web is journeyfellowshipchurch.com. If you want to know more about us, uh, check it out on the web or on the Journey app. It's a pleasure spending an hour with you today, and thanks for watching stories I didn't tell last Sunday. <laughs>